Amen. Thank you, Jeff, and good to see you this evening. Take your copy of God's Word and go to Genesis chapter 42. Genesis chapter 42. We uh, continue in our study this evening in the life of Joseph, and we see in this passage the fulfillment of God's promise to him earlier in life. You will remember back in chapter 37, you don't have to go back there, but uh, you remember when we began our series, Joseph was at home with his brothers, and he had some dreams, and uh, his brothers like his dreams had to do with him and his family and his brothers. Uh, the first dream was him and his brothers were out in the field uh, gathering up the wheat, and their sheaves were there together, and and the brothers' sheaves all bowed down to Joseph's sheaf, and uh, they just really loved that, didn't they? No, they uh, they didn't. More, and then Joseph, um, you know, sometimes timing is everything, and I'm not sure Joseph had that right in the beginning, because he said that isn't my only dream. I had another one, and the sun and the moon and the stars, 11 stars, they all bowed down to me. And the brothers, really? I mean, um, they didn't like that either, and even his dad rebuked him. Well, we know uh, both of those dreams were from God, and they were prophetic of what would happen in the family, uh, that the boys would bow down to Joseph eventually, and that, and that so would uh, his, his parents, his dad particularly, when they come to Egypt. And so I thought about uh, these brothers and their response to these dreams. They hated them even more, the Bible says. Much of what we see in society today, they completely rejected the revealed will of God. They completely rejected the revelation of God. You know, God has revealed to us everything he wants us to know in this book. And the honest-to-goodness fact is God didn't ask us if we like it. He didn't take a poll. He didn't take a survey and say, hey, what would you like to, you know, would you, what would you like to hear me say? No, it pretty much is inherent in being God with a capital G that you get to say whatever you want to say and everybody else has to do it. I mean, that's how that thing works, okay? The difference with Jehovah God, with our God of the Bible, is he does it in love. And he loves us and he has compassion for us. And he wants good for us. But many times, we're, we're like his brothers. We're like Joseph's brothers. We, we, we see God's revelation. Maybe we read it in the Bible and we resist it. Or the Holy Spirit reveals the will of God to us and we resist it. And I guess the point I would make as we begin here, we do that to our own harm. We do it to our own detriment. And certainly these boys did that. In fact, their attitude was this. Back in chapter 37, you don't have to turn there. Verse 8. And his brothers said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? The question is in the form of, that's never going to happen. That, that's, that's what they're saying. And they went on to say, or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. So these fellows from early on uh, had set their hearts against God and against what God was doing. And they basically declared that they would never bow we know this if you live a little while, never say never, right? I mean, you, you be very careful about absolutes. Be very careful about, I'm never going to do that, right? 
Because God has a funny way of that's the next thing on your docket, man. That's the next thing on your agenda, okay? And these boys said, we're never doing that, and it's going to come back to haunt them. Now, these, these dreams, again, were prophetic. God was revealing to them what he was going to do. So when we pick up our passage in chapter 42, Joseph is now the prime minister of the, one of the most powerful nations in the world. He's the prime minister of Egypt. In fact, there's only one person in all the land of Egypt more powerful than him, and that's Pharaoh. That's pretty powerful. I mean, he, he, he runs things underneath the authority of Pharaoh. And so he's a powerful man in the kingdom now. So look at verse, verses 1 and 2 of chapter 42. When Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, Why do you look at one another? Man, I could just hear a dad saying that to his boys. Why are you guys standing there looking at one another? Look at verse 2. And he said, Indeed, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there that we may live and not die. <clears throat> We're reminded that when Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, which were about the famine, the seven years of plenty and the seven years of famine, that Joseph told Pharaoh, uh, God is saying that the famine is going to be severe. It's going to be bad. And so we see right here that it has reached all the way to Canaan. It's reached all around Egypt and that it is devastating. And the, and the indication here in Joseph's conversation with his boys, with the boys that remain, is that we're going to die if we don't find some food. Well, that's pretty dire because we know they had animals and they had sheep and they had all kinds of things. Well, if there's no food, the animals all die. And then when the animals all die, guess who's next? It's them. And so Jacob looks at his boys and he says, he says, we have to, we have to do something. Now, from, from their perspective, Jacob and the boys are not, on, are not in on the dreams of Pharaoh and they're not in on the stuff that's going on in Egypt. So we know, because we read it in the Bible, God's given us the account after the fact, that there's divine maneuvering going on here, right? God's doing something. This, this famine is not a happenstance. Yes, it's bad. And it's a, a trial, a challenge, if you will. But God has a purpose for it. Let me just give you a couple of purposes for these boys that they don't even know is coming. And my point is, sometimes God does stuff in our life that we don't understand, but he has a purpose for it. And even if we don't know what that purpose is until we get to heaven, that's okay. And these boys are, are, are going to find out what God's purpose was. Number one, I believe it was to move these guys uh, out of their complacency. They're settled in Hebron. Everything's good. Life is good. And they're just thinking that their sin and their hard-heartedness and, and all the evil in them and killing people and selling their brother and slavery is all hidden under the rug. And God's going to use this famine to show them that nothing's hidden, that everything's open before God, that everything we do is before God, and that they need to deal with the sin in their heart. Why does God want them to deal with their sin? For crying out loud, they're the patriarchs of the tribe of Israel. They're, they're the head of the tribes of God's people, and God wants them in the right place. And so he uses this famine, and through this test, if you will, with Joseph to get their hearts right. And to, and to have them examine themselves. And I would say to you that when God does that in our lives, it causes us to examine ourselves, doesn't it? It causes us to take inventory and see where we are before God. Now, I like this. It's interesting when he says, why do you look at one another in verse 2? 